Liverpool suffered the worst home loss at Anfield in the UEFA Champions League in 57 years after blowing a 2-0 lead against Real Madrid on Tuesday. It is definitely one of the most open games so far in the tournament and includes way too many goals, turns and twists, and of course, turnovers. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So uh, I got to ask, does this game remind you of the UEFA Champions League final five years ago? You know, when Kalius is still here? Mm. Yeah. It's, it was, I don't even know how to describe this game. It's just a really bizarre game and the nature of the uh, goalkeeper mistakes, which uh, I guess what you're referencing, mm. the amount of, uh, scuff, like towards the end, there was like two separate shots one from Rudiger, one from uh Basitic, yeah, that were like blasted all that very close blast around halfway. Um, the total turnaround, the total one sidedness, it was such a really bizarre game, but you are right, it is, it is a reminder of the. Carious, carious disaster. Yeah, um, Liverpool had really a perfect start because two to nothing yeah. lead and so quick. Of course, they blew it very quickly too. How did that even happen? Yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing because the first one was like the Liverpool of old in the sense that you had Salah bursting up on the right, Nunes cutting in, and then he just had that like sweet little back heel move to, to score the goals. Like, it was the old-fashioned creativity and the pressure and the pace of Liverpool. And then, like I say, 10 minutes later, that really weird mistake where Salah is approaching Courtois and he doesn't really know what to do with the ball. Mm-hmm. It ends up letting Salah tap it in. And then the thing that's interesting is it's like Real Madrid, even though they were 2-0 down, they weren't flustered. They didn't think they were out of it. You know, you looked at Carlo Ancelotti on the sideline. He's always a cool customer, but he didn't see seem to have any problems. And then on the 21st minute, Vinicius gets one back. But like it's so out of nothing. Like with the with the two Liverpool goals, it was a result of their high press. With this, Vinicius was surrounded by like uh, Joe Gomez, Trent Alexander Arnold, I want to say Fabinho was closing him down from behind. Mm-hmm. And he just cut across and, and got the goal. And the exact moment it went in, suddenly Liverpool just lost confidence. And from then on, it just felt like Real Madrid were in the ascendancy. And I assumed when I was watching it, like I, I assumed it would either be 2-2 or 3-2 towards Real Madrid. What I wasn't expecting is for basically an entire hour plus mm-hmm. of Madrid just turning the screw. And as those goals came in, you know, for example... Uh, Kareem Benzema's once in the second half, they were both down to just Allison losing confidence, and I don't think I've ever seen that before. He's such a consistent figure yeah. in this aging Liverpool squad that I expected him to be the most solid part of the entire entire team, and instead, he looked like the weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
well, judging by what you said, Ancelotti seems so confident and calm. Now, I think maybe just my personal guess is that the second loss, the second conceded goal was like a mistake. It didn't really happen. So he believes Courtois will not make the same mistake again. And then the first mm. goal of uh, Vinicius, it was really a pretty shot. I mean, like you said, he was surrounded by at least three defenders. His shot went around Joe Gomez. It went to... I'm going to say not the furthest left corner, but it was a very pretty shot. He actually mm-hmm. had the second chance to do it again. Almost yeah. the same scenario, but Allison saved it. I thought it was, okay, this is the solid goalkeeper that you can go, you can count on, you can trust. And then there was that. Do you think he should actually choose to clear out big instead of trying to, you know, use his delicate skills to pass it to the nearest teammate? Is that a mistake? Yeah, it was such a weird thing because, for example, in the first instance, the mistake I mentioned with Thibaut Courtois, you could see what the issue was. He was being closed down and he had basically just enough space. Well, he thought he had just enough space to make a clearance, but he didn't. And Mo Salah got in there. With this Vinicius, with the second Vinicius goal, it's like Vinicius was closing in with Joe Gomez behind him, and it was as if he wanted to play like a one-two back towards Gomez, even though Gomez had kind of wheeled away, expecting a clearance. And in the replay of it, it's almost as if Vinicius doesn't even know it's there. He's just turning his back and like closing down the the options for the keeper like they pretty much always do in a clearance mm-hmm. which is to which is to say that there was basically no pressure had had uh, Allison just held the ball one second longer stopped it and then took it as an actual clearance or even just banged it the other way it would have been fine it was a mistake that I just could not figure out yeah and like I say he just seemed rattled all night and from then on he was just falling apart yeah uh, the first half, it, though it was a 2-2, I want to say that Liverpool actually are in a, maybe not much, but are in a bigger advantage than Real in the first half. Because after Real tied the score, Liverpool had at least two other chances to either lead again or even extend it to a two-goal lead. But they just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. You know, they uh, kept st- cutting the ball in the backfield of Real. And then Salah did it twice, like... The ball was with him, but not with him completely. He was spinning into the box, spinning, spinning, and the ball just went away. Yeah, it was the, like the best and worst of this current Liverpool squad in the sense of they look old in the midfield, and then once they get the high press, suddenly everyone becomes a threat. Mm-hmm. But Bala isn't the player he used to be. He's not as clinical. Nunes is just a wild man and is not the Sadio Mane figure that used to be there previously. And Cody Gakpo is just basically anonymous, running right through the middle. So it did seem like they had more options. However, I think that was noticeable Mm -hmm. towards the end of the first half and then grew in the second, is how you are basically looking at two teams that are running on pretty much outdated midfields. You have Modric for uh, Real Madrid, and you have Henderson for Liverpool. And in general, the teams just seem kind of slow, kind of clumsy. The difference is that Liverpool look as if they were panicking, and they, as soon as those two goals went in, it's like I say, it isn't just Alisson, or perhaps maybe Alisson is the symptom rather than the the disease, so Mm -hmm. to speak, in the sense of they lost their shape completely. 
Whereas Real Madrid stayed completely rigid, which meant that, you know, Modric was always accompanied by Valverde. He always had Rodrigo slightly ahead of him, which meant that even though he doesn't have many legs left and Benzema doesn't track back at all, there was still plenty of ball movement, plenty of service. Whereas you often had Fabinho on his own, Henderson on his own, uh, Basatich on his own. And it just looked like a confusion, which that's what uh, got completely exploited in the in the second half. Mm. You know, when we're speaking of long-time rivalries, it's always Real, Barcelona, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, uh, even Liverpool, City, and or Man United. But considering that the two teams actually met twice in the UEFA Champions League final in the past five years, they actually kind mm. of a kind of rivalry. And I totally agree that uh, Liverpool are now aged and out of shape, but Real have aged actually maybe in the same way, but have they actually aged more wisely? Is that why they can actually turn all of the uh, opportunities they got like Liverpool did in the first half and then they turn those chances into goals in the second half in actually 22 minutes, they got three goals. That's really fast and efficient. Yeah, it really is. It's... It is a case of, yeah, it's, it's funny that yeah, that's how you phrase it, because it's one of those things where if I was to be a bit more poetic about it, I probably would have said, you know, players like Modric and Benzema are aging like a fine wine. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the Liverpool side of things, they just look sloppy. They just look old. Virgil van Dijk has gone from being one of the most imposing uh, centre-backs probably I've ever seen in the Premier League to just being a big guy who is so easy to run around. And the decline of Mo Salah has been really fast. It's, it's one of those things where in the space of, what, a season, two seasons, Liverpool have gone from having like a terrifying front three to having a front three where it's just they're just taking pot shots. And it, it, it ends up being you're no longer afraid of what they're going to do when they get the ball. It's more a case of how do we recycle it back into play, which is what, Edin Militao and Antonio Rudiger were, were perfect at doing all night. So it's definitely a case of Liverpool have got old seemingly all over, whereas Real Madrid have got old in particular spots, and then they've bolstered the team around it. So you can still use the cleverness of Modric and the clinical finishing of Benzema without having to rely on an athleticism, whereas Liverpool simply have not done that. And you know, you, you, we hear about how that team is being sold and how yeah. there hasn't been much investment into it. I really think that this is a sign that Jurgen Klopp has worked magic for, let's say, two or three seasons now, but that magic has very clearly run out. Hmm. Uh, so now we have... I'm not saying this series or this competition is totally over, but... That has been said a lot of times. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's magic's over. Liverpool this season have been lost on the track, though they have been they have been seemingly to do a little bit better in the recent games. And then I remember that last week the owner John Harry said he won't sell the club. He will seek more investments. But if I recall correctly, whenever powerhouses, big clubs, are purchased by new owners. Sure, they will always promise there will be more money, there will be more funding mm-hmm. injected, but the truth is, before those funding is injected, or while it's inject being injected, they will have to sell some of the assets. In Liverpool, I'm going to say not just some, maybe the whole spine of the team that have been counting on for the past five or six years, 
I think a great chunk of it will have to go, including Salah and others. Yeah, well, you know, I, I forget if it was on this podcast last year mm -hmm. or if it was just simply a discussion I was having with friends. But when uh, Sadio Mane was leaving, yeah. I was convinced it should have been Mo Salah instead because he was at the peak of his market value. This is a team that needed money. And in the sense of you had that rotating front three, Salah is great cutting it from that right wing, but Sadio Mane... He was on the left, he was more central, he was more clinical. He was a player you could build around, where Salah is a bit more of a maverick type. Mm -hmm. And the problem with those types is they don't just become slightly worse. They suddenly look like they're making mistakes all the time. And Salah now, I do still think he should probably be sold and they get someone younger up front. But if they would have sold him basically before the African Cup of Nations when he got to the final and lost yeah. with the World Cup, qualifiers got to the final and lost, and now he is nowhere near his peak. His market value has severely dwindled. Mm. How much help do you think Liverpool still have to reverse the situation? Because usually you say, oh, it doesn't matter if you lose on the road. As long as we go back to Anfield, everything will be better. Yeah. Now your Anfield has been conquered. So what else do they have? That's it. Well, that, that's exactly it. If this exact scoreline took place in the Bernabeu, I would have said to you, there's basically no chance, but you know what Anfield is like on a European night. We saw what happened to Barcelona where they were down 3-0 and they won 4-0. It's always on the table. But to see this happen at Anfield, mm -hmm. that, like, I wouldn't go as far as saying, like, this is a watershed moment. This is the end of an era. Mm. But for it to happen like this with seemingly very little effort with Carlo Ancelotti just looking on the sidelines like it's business as usual mm -hmm. with Vinicius playing just like he always does with Benzema playing like he always does with no one feeling like they're really putting on the pressure while on the other side of things Allison is f falling apart giving away goals diving the wrong way I, I really feel like this is the sign that like I was saying the magic is over for this particular Liverpool squad, like you say, sell, rebuild, come back. But as far as I can tell, this tie is over. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I remember before this whole Salah-Liverpool era began, Liverpool had been, again, a very respectful club, but they have been struggling in the Premier League since there is the Premier mm. League. So I really yeah. don't know how long Liverpool fans will have to wait. Well, you know, just to go back to what you were saying earlier about like certain rivalries, uh -huh. this Liverpool-Real this Liverpool Madrid rivalry has produced a lot of big nights, big, exciting games, but it's been so one-sided. Yeah. And for this to be the most defining one, a year on from the final... And one of the teams is just absolutely walloped in the round of 16. Mm -hmm. That alone that alone speaks volumes on where the two teams are right now. That's true. Uh, like you said, Ancelotti was always like usual business. And after the game, after such an epic comeback win, he was like, this doesn't mean anything. The Liverpool are too hopeful. We can't afford to be careless or something, something. But they won without Chouamini, without Tony Cruz. And they're going back yeah. home to play Liverpool again. In, remember in the group stage, they actually got fewer points than Liverpool. They're not in the same group, but Real, as the reigning champions, they were kind of bumping around during the group stage, and now they started their knockout stage with such a big win. Do you have now bigger hope in them to you know, win it again? 
I, you know, that, that's the thing. It's almost as if like the Anfield magic has turned around to Real Madrid in the sense of, I always now assume that no matter what situation they're in, it can be done. I feel like, you know, they could be down in the 89th minute, but Benzema gets that one step. He gets that one yard of space. And I would not be shocked at him pulling it back. Like, this team suddenly... It's like, you know, you look at the stronger teams, you look at like the teams like a Bayern Munich or something who powerhouse their way through tournaments. And yet Real Madrid, even though I've never considered them a favourite mm-hmm. since that era with Zidane, with... Um, with um, Ronaldo and those Cristiano guys. Ronaldo and Bale and people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since that era, I've never considered them favourites. And yet here they are every single time. There's just something about them that... You can't count it out. And the thing as well is, you know, like I was saying about Carl Ancelotti, you think about Jürgen Klopp and his Gagan press and the high press and constantly recycling the ball and things like that. And Carl Ancelotti literally, when interviewed about what his technique is, is make your defence solid and let the attackers attack. And so it seems so so it's like it's always just seems very simple and very easy. And yet they keep getting the wins over the the teams like like Liverpool and Manchester City with their clever system. So, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't go as far as saying Real Madrid are the favorites, but mm-hmm. I would never ever call them out. Yeah. Since you mentioned Ancelotti, I mean, uh, did you read uh, a few weeks ago there were reports saying that Ancelotti will leave Real after the season? He'll mm. take over the manager, uh, managing the Brazilian Brazil. side, yeah. yeah. He denied it, Real denied it, Brazil denied it. But in Real, they have a history which is not very pleasant. That even if you win the Champions League title, you win the La Liga title, that doesn't really promise you the job for another year. Do you think he will stay after this season? The way Ancelotti seems to work is he stays if he's happy Mm -hmm. and and leaves if he's not. So if they win and he gets booted... I wouldn't be shocked, yeah. but if they win and he sticks around, I also wouldn't be shocked because on the sidelines, he looks like he's got the easiest job in the world. You know, it's. I know he does have a reputation of being cool, calm, and collected, but you compare him to the outsized antics of Klopp, mm. um, Thomas Tuchel, Mikel Arteta, the way Pep has always got his hands in the air. He just looks as if like victory is already guaranteed. That being said. If he does go, I would not be shocked if he does go to a national team because at this point, I do wonder to myself, he's won everything. Yeah, at the club. Like, he's got nothing left to prove. So I suspect that would be the next move. But I also, like I say, he seems like such a good fit here. Mm-hmm. I could see him staying around for a while. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't even imagine when, say, Real uh, entered the final again, uh, both Ancelotti and the club can just say simple things like, we have done this before. It's nothing mm, new. Yeah. That's how solid they are. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.